Welcome back to the Tweet Show podcast, everyone. I've been on a little hiatus with uh, posting any latest episodes or anything like that, but I do have a very exciting episode today. We have a very special guest on today's episode. It is Patrick. My cousin-in-law has joined the show today, and we're going to discuss some uh, March Madness stuff a little bit, him being a new father. There's a lot of fun, interesting uh, conversation we had. Very, very fun. It was very, uh, it was good to have him on. I'm glad he came on and just wanted to talk for about an hour. I sort of told him I was going to do like 30-ish minutes, and then we kind of went over, and I was like, oh. Uh, and we also did like a cool uh, red hot chili peppers draft. So make sure you uh, make sure you uh, listen to that interview with Patrick. It was like I said, it was a fun interview. I had a great time chatting up with them and stuff like that. So with that being said, let's get started with today's episode. Yep, I am officially back on the uh, podcast scene, even though I was uh, taking a delay because of my uh, my uh, my pursuit to uh, comedy, just like Tom Brady is, supposedly. There's like a report out there that Tom Brady is going to, the only reason he's taking a year off so he can pursue a, a dream of doing stand-up comedy, which is like, okay, that's kind of out of left field. Like, like Tom's kind of funny on social media, like, don't get me wrong, but like, really? Stand-up comedy, Tom? Is that, what we're, is that what we're doing? Just because we're divorced? Just because you're divorced, do you think you can do anything you want? Like, I get it. You're a single man, but, I mean, dude, you're like 40. You can't just do stand-up comedy. Like, maybe, I guess he could. Like I said, I, like I said, like, his social media is pretty funny. Like, what he tweets and what he puts out on social media is, like, all pretty funny. But I feel like it's mainly the people behind the camera that are usually doing all the stuff that makes Tom do it. I don't know. It's. I mean, he does some have some really witty, funny answers when he just on like if someone asks him a question or something like that, and like during like press conferences, I feel like he does a pretty good job of getting some funny answers. But like, I don't know. It just seems way out of the field. The times allegedly, this is all alleged. This is like a, from a source from like pop cult, like sugar pop culture ish. I don't know. I'd have to find the tweet again. But yeah, it's it's very. It's very interesting. I didn't see that one coming. Then we also had Jake Paul losing to Tommy Fury. Not much, not much of a boxing expert, but all I know is Jake Paul lost the match and he finally lost and he got a little humbled and he, I think he finally admitted he admitted it. He's like, "Yeah, I lost." He's like, "Yep, it happens." So Jake Paul lost, and we also had uh, Major League have some interesting rules now with the uh, pitching clock. Now that you have like a pitcher has twenty seconds to get the to pitch the ball. And then, so like, and there's, it's going to be very interesting to see how this works during the regular season with, with this rule, the bases are bigger. Uh, so like if a batter is in the box and that steps out, it's an automatic strike for them. then if the pitcher doesn't, uh, you know, pitches the ball within the 20 seconds, I believe that would be a ball for them. So it'd be a ball. So, yeah, it's, it's very interesting what Major League is doing with some rules and they're trying to speed up the game, which I appreciate them doing is trying to speed up the game because, like, look, I love I do like watching baseball occasionally, but, like, it is pretty darn slow. Don't get me wrong. I like 
like I want the game to go up a little faster. Like I'm just, you know, I'm just saying like for us consumers and not for the old heads, we're you, you, MLB is trying to engage with the younger audience. Like, like they'll, they don't really care about the old heads anymore. I feel like at this point they're like, the old heads are just going to have to get, get used to it and just, just keep getting mad at us. So it really doesn't matter. So, uh, yeah, let's go on. That's what's going on in baseball, uh, NBA, uh, LeBron broke, I believe broke his foot or something's wrong with his ankle. I don't know. I, when I watched the video, I was like, Oh, that looks bad. But then I was like, Oh, how he said he landed on someone's foot, but it's like, no, you didn't. You just rolled up on your ankle. So LeBron's going to be out for two weeks and then he'll reevaluate his ankle. And you also had, um, in NFL news, Aaron Rodgers finally came out of the cave. Uh, just like, and just like Jesus, he, uh, finally, or not like Jesus, but like in the, uh, I don't know. He came out of his darkness retreat in two days, even though it's supposed to be like, it was supposed to be like four days. So really he didn't really see the, the whole four days. Uh, so good job, Rogers. You finally came out of the cave. So I don't know what he accomplished. Uh, there was some quote out there that he, like he, one night he dreamt or thought of what it would be like to be retired. And then he also thought, of what it would be like if he kept playing football. So I have no idea what that means. If he'll keep coming back or if we're just going to keep doing this same bullshit every year when it comes to the offseason, like, Oh, what is Aaron Rodgers going to do now? Oh, what are the Packers going to do? Are they going to finally trade him? Blah, blah, blah. It's like, Oh my God, no one cares anymore. It was fun. while it, la- it was fun when Aaron Rodgers request that trade like two years ago, it was fun. It's like, Oh, Aaron Rodgers wanting now, blah, blah, blah. It was like, it was it was really fun because I was really happy that he was finally going to leave the Packers, but that was never the case, was it? Nope, shocker. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, but yet again they keep losing in remarkable fashion. So even though he's like a two time or back to back MVPs, still hasn't won another Super Bowl. Still a loser. Uh, any other any other NFL news? Uh, the uh, number one picks in a little trouble. In the NFL, the uh, sort of the uh, mock drafts people have are uh, it's a consistent or a Georgia player who um, was involved or may have been involved with an accident that happened over like over this like in January, I think like two like about three weeks after like Georgia won the national championship three weeks later, a player and like a, a staff member died in a car accident. And I guess he he wasn't involved, but then re, police police uh, said that actually he was he might have been involved. So so we'll see how that works out. If he will actually get any any legal trouble, or if he'll just be the number one pick. So uh, so yeah, Jalen Carter's on a little hot seat right now. Um, any other sports news I should think of right now? Trying of all the trying to think of all the sports news that have happened since I've been gone. I don't want to go back in history, but oh, I forgot to lead this off of the show. This is March. It is officially March, people. It's officially the best time of the year for sports. You've got college basketball, March Madness, the NCAA tournament just around the corner. You've got some. I think MLB will start at the end of the month, but still, baseball spring training. You've got M- baseball or basketball baseball at the end of the month but 
No one really cares about his baseball just yet. But anyways, you got that. Then you go for the hockey too. I mean, there's, and then you got golf, I think eventually towards around that time frame too, I think, or no, that might be April. But anyways, it's a great, it's a great time in sports for sure. Um, let's see, like I'm trying to think, but I will say this, uh, actually, I don't know what I was going to say. Well, I don't know. Like it's been a hot minute since I've done a podcast and well, that's not, well, actually that's not true. I did a, I did that interview with Pat. So that was like about four days ago, but like, I just talking to a microphone, just back to myself again. It's been, it's been like two weeks since I've done one. And that was like during the Super Bowl recap. And I don't remember what it was. I should have been more prepped for this uh, intro, even though I did an intro, but then I didn't like it. So then I'm just redoing this one. So yeah, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, I guess what have, what have I done since my break? Well, I've watched some new TV shows at our banks. I watched that and I watched animal control. I watched that one on Hulu. Um, just uh, doing a lot of schoolwork with deciding if I really want to drop math or not. I really hate it. I, even though the professor is really nice and she's been working with me, I just I just hate it. I, I'm almost sort of thinking about just dropping it, even though it will affect if I graduate this spring or not. And I really don't care at this point. I'll just take it in the summer. So uh, any other things going on in my life as we speak? Uh, gosh. Well, uh, nope, not mine. Like I said, I was just debating it about some school stuff. And I'm sure I'll talk about that later once I get some more information about stuff. Cause like it's officially March and I feel like I should probably sort of start being looking in the job market just in case, you know what I mean? Once like, you know, once May comes around, it should haven't uh, like a sort of a plan of what I'm doing, you know, I don't know. I got, I got some really uh, tough discussions. I'm going to be having with myself here in the next two months. That's for sure. Um, any other things that are going on um, in my life or just anything in general? I don't know. Uh, no, I guess that's really about it. So I guess I will just kick it to me and Patrick. So, like I said, me and Patrick had a very, very fun interview or very fun conversation, I should say. And I mean, it was just like it went an hour long. So it was very fun. I will say that. So with that being said, here is Patrick. I'm here and joined with my sort of, have we officially called you my like cousin-in-law? Is that the official title of you? I think that's it, yeah. Because obviously you are married to my cousin, Sid, so I assume you, that makes you my cousin-in-law? That's, I, that's what I've been operating on as well. It's been wonderful to have some new cousins in my life. <laughs> for sure. I'll be, for sure, I'll be making, I'll be, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I'll be make, I'll making some moves, so I'll be on the top here pretty soon. 
But uh, no, thank you so much for joining the pod, Pat. This you are now the third ever guest on the show, so you're in a very special company on on the Tweet Show Pod. It's an honor. It's an honor, and I appreciate the invitation. I'm looking forward to it. Have you been on any other pod? I'm assuming this is probably your first. No, I haven't. I I love podcasts. I've been listening to um mine, you know, obviously, for over a decade. <laughs> Yours uh, definitely. Uh, follow you on Twitter as well. So I enjoy uh, your content in many forms, but I've listened to thousands of hours of podcasts. I've, I've never been on one. So this is really a treat. Awesome. I mean, by me, by you have it, or I guess by you being on here, if you ever come on another podcast, you'll be ready to go. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing with life, right? Uh, things come slowly then all at once. So maybe this time next year, I'll be on the Joe Rogan experience. Yeah. I mean, I'm not really much of a Joe Rogan fan. Like, I like him on the USC stuff, but like I can't listen to his podcast. One, it's too long, and two, sometimes I'm just not interested in some of the topics. So it's just it's a it's a weird thing. So I mean, it's a great. I'm sure people like it, and I have no problem with people liking it. But it's just not my type of my uh, cup of tea. Is basically, what I'm saying because, uh, like I said, it's, depends on the topic. And two, it's just his format's way too long for me to listen. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, do you remember Joe Rogan? I mean, it sounds like you know him from the UFC, but my first memory of Joe Rogan was when he was the host of Fear Factor, and he's like having people eat cockroaches and cow brain and stuff, and then all of a sudden he's this like incredible podcaster. Like, what a change. <laughs> yes and no. Sort of. I remember Joe Rogan from Fear Factor, but I didn't realize that was him because he looks so much different from when he did Fear Factor. So yeah. it's like... Because obviously he had he had sort of sort of hair, right? He was kind of like in the before stages of being bald, and like I just more remember him being the USC guy. So, and then obviously they've had some other people do a fear factor in the past. So yeah, so uh, let's just sort of even though we're sort of jumping right into it, but uh, congratulations on being a father. I mean, props to you, man. Also, props yeah, to Sid you. too. But uh, how's dad? How's uh, being a father right now? I mean, I don't know if you can answer it right now because you've only what been like roughly a month now. But how's it? How's it going? How's life? Yeah, uh, I mean, thank you. Uh, it's an amazing difference, amazing change. Uh, I am somebody who has always loved children. I come from a big family. I was wanted a family, uh, and so Cindy and I, as we got married, we we were looking forward to welcoming. Uh, Noah Lynn is our baby boy and, and ideally more children in the future. At the same time, it's one of these things in life where before and after are totally different. I mean, I would say my biggest takeaway trying to be the best dad I can be and husband to Sydney, et cetera, is just an appreciation for families, for moms and dads throughout my life. Uh, only a month and a half in, almost two months in, but there's just, um, it's difficult. I mean, we have every blessing and grace, you know, great support network. We were looking forward to know good healthcare, all these things. It's still difficult, but um, it's amazing. I think one other little like takeaway <laughs> uh, I have that may be of interest to the audience. I, I think a lot about how to be the best person I can be in resilience and some of these topics that, that come up on in the world. And you're hanging out with a baby at two in the morning. Right? And uh, Noah doesn't want to go to sleep. And I was reminded of Admiral Jim Stockdale. Have you ever heard that name? I don't think I have. So he was the longest serving POW of the Vietnam War. So he was mm. in the Hanoi Hilton for like over a decade. And when he got back, there were many people who came in and out during his time there. I don't know why he was there for so long, but he was known as a leader of the men who were in prison there. And when he came back, people wanted to know, well, how did you 
keep your sanity, stay positive. How are you a leader through that? And he said, you know, men would come in and they say, oh, we'll be home by Christmas. We'll be home by Easter, right? Christmas would come, Easter would come, and they wouldn't be home. And then they'd say, okay, we'll we'll for sure be home by the 4th of July. And the 4th of July would come. And uh, when that happened, they'd pin their whole identity and resilience to these arbitrary things they couldn't control. And uh, he said, look, you just got to be in it, right? And I think that that's a big takeaway I have being a dad, two in the morning, two in the afternoon, right? There's no... There's no end to this, right? Which is a beautiful thing. I mean, it's really something that I love and it's exciting, but the difficult times, especially, <laughs> you just gotta like accept that it's happening and sort of not put your expectations on, uh, my case, Noah, right? Right. I totally agree of all the things you just said. And that was a great point of, uh, who was the guy's name again? Uh, Jim Stockdale. Yeah, with him. And I just have a couple things. One, if I'm ever pli- privileged and have an honor to be a dad, which I'm hoping to be someday, I think it'd be a really cool thing. But like, the, I think the moment that'll hit me that I have a kid is, is exactly sort of your point, the 2 a.m. like wake up call. But like, what the heck is that noise? Why is there a random noise? And my wife will be like, that's your kid, dumbass. We're like, oh shit, that's right. I have a kid. <laughs> and then the other thing, like, it'd be like the other thing is um, I listened, I listened to a podcast guy and he's a now about to be a father of three. So shout out Big Cat. And he was talking about, and they had, I think they were sort of doing a Q&A and he was like, um, I think somebody asked him, he's like, Hey, what do you, uh, what's some of some advice of being a father? He's like, well, I don't know. You just got to kind of go with the flow. Like there isn't really much of a, like a book. I mean, you know, there are sort of, you know, so koan books or books, I should say about how to be a parent, but really there isn't really like, you just got to kind of go with the flow. Is that sort of like a fair assessment so far in your, of your one month of being a father? Yeah, I would say, I would say so. Uh, big cat sounds like he's right on it. It, it is really tempting to think that other people have it figured out because there are people who have written books. There are people who have big families. There are people who have, who you know, in your life who, who just, you sort of identify as great parents um, or people who have huge influencer profiles where that's what they talk about. And um, it is humbling, but also reassuring to realize people have been doing this with or without all of this information <laughs> for millennia. And if I'm just here and I try my best and um, I try to have perspective and I try and uh, communicate with Sydney, my wife, and we just try and get through it, we're going to get through it. Because it, it is really tempting I mean, in this area and with all areas in life to just think that everybody has it all figured out. Um, just, I, I love what you said about looking forward to being a father someday. I hope that for you as well. Um, I do worry for men who are just totally opposed to that. Now, of course, there are people who are not called that families and for whom it doesn't occur, and that's okay. But I do, you know, there's a sense out there, not all reasons for that are created equal. Sometimes you hear people who are, they just want to preserve their sense of freedom. You know, they want to be able to go to the bars on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. They want to be able to pick up and go travel somewhere. You know, there's obviously an increased expense to having children. I would just really encourage any of your listeners to reflect on their attitude towards being a parent um, and just realize that it's it's part of being human, right? I mean, we were all this kind of tiny child and uh, to the extent that you um, have had an interesting and exciting life where people have cared for you and you've had a cool experiences, somebody made that choice to, to be there for you. And so just really think about, not for you, because I was really pleased to hear you say that, but many of your listeners are like, well, I couldn't be a dad or I don't want to be a dad or a mom, right? 
just really think about that. And uh, I think we're, we're all capable of it. Right. I mean, yeah, if, like I said, if ever, if I ever become a dad, like I'll, like I'll have moments where I'll be like, I don't know if I'm ever going to be like, not ready, but like, I'll just in the moment I'll be like, how am I supposed to take care of this thing? It's like, I don't know. Sometimes like, I think the first step is to like take care of a dog. If you can take care of a dog and I feel like you should be able to at least do a better or not a better job, but like you should, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? So like, basically if you can take care of a dog, I feel like you should be able to take care of a human, even though a human's a lot more work, but like, it's sort of a, like, is that a good comparison? Yeah. Good question. I mean, so Denver, where I live now, big dog city, right? And there's a whole category of people who see dogs as humans. And one thing I'll say categorically are dogs are not humans. Now, I have a dog that I love, right? But Merlin is not a baby human. Right. A small, fuzzy human. Um, so th- that is a something that people really believe, um, which I push back strongly against. But where are they similar? Um, certainly dependence, especially when a dog is a puppy. Um, once, you, you know, dog gets potty trained, especially, and of course, depending on your breed of dog, I would say some of that dependence, um, is dissimilar to having a baby. On the other hand, when you have a child, and this is a little harder to understand or comment on even for me, but there's all sorts of chemical things happening, right? There's all sorts of biological, psychological things happening, which encourage you to care for this very defenseless baby, right? It's not like a giraffe when the giraffe comes out and it kind of like stumbles around for a little bit and then it just walks around and needs you to go up to sleep or so whatever giraffe eat, right? Noah is totally dependent on Sydney and I really for the, I mean, <laughs> I don't know where you put that, that line on that 18, uh, no. 10, <laughs> right? I don't know. But so that is a little different from a dog. I get the sense Merle could make it on the streets for a few days at least. And at then, least. You know, uh, cute dog. Uh, you get picked up by someone, but of course I wouldn't want that. So there, there are similarities and differences. One other kind of small thing I'll note here. You do get a sense. You, you just sort of can understand what your dog is asking for after some time. Like the first time you talk to your, the first time you get your dog in the barks, you're like, this is dog barking at. And then six months in, you think, oh, he's hungry. He needs to go outside. You know, um, there's somebody out front. And similar thing with, with Noah, the first few days, it's like, I mean, here's this fresh baby making all sorts of noises. Um, and now I would say, I can hear a difference in his um, cry if he has a diaper, if he's mm-hmm. hungry, if he's just frustrated. I dropped it. Like you have these little visual cards that kind of get the baby thinking. I dropped a card on him. He was upset by that. Mm, <laughs> it's yeah. a paper card, right? Uh, but very different cry than when he is hungry. So those are some thoughts on dogs versus babies. But in general, I think accepting more responsibility is a good way forward, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So what kind of... Sp- so you, we were sort of talking about this during the our little pre-production thing, but uh, what kind of sports are you looking at for Patrick, or not Patrick, your son Noah to be doing? So, because like, here's my thoughts on it real quick, if you don't mind me talking about it. So, mm-hmm. so I think, first of all, I think all kids should at least try a sport. If they don't like it, that's fine. That's their, that's their choice. But I think it's a good way to one, meet kids, meet, make some friends. If you like the sport, great. Then you can keep improving and, you know, do great things at it but like if like i said it's not sports are for everybody but if you do like it that's great so 
I would, I would Wrigley, I would, cur- I would encourage to, you know, do the sports. So like basketball, baseball, even soccer, and then obviously you can do flag football. Then tackle football is a whole different, a whole, whole different kind conversation that's between you and your wife sid so when that day comes about if you if he if he does like football and he wants to do tackle that's a whole totally different conversation between you and your wife i'm not going to say yes or no because like it's a it's a whole different sport but like all the other sports that are not crazy physical and contact yeah i think like i said it's a great way to meet friends and be like oh hey do you like this sport oh we should totally hang out oh you don't like this sport and you want to go play some video games yeah let's go meet at my parents house and go play some video games or something like that so yeah no great great thoughts um i'm gonna rapid fire some responses at you and you know you jump in because i'm gonna go all over the place here gotcha know where you think you know let me know where you think it's gonna be first off Noah's gonna be a big kid he's in the 90 plus percentile height wise um, big boy you know, six one 200 pounds you know sydney's six foot right like he's gonna be a big kid so i think there's there is a certain aspect of like physiologically what mm-hmm. the kids kind of set up to do um I the the one strong sense that I have right now is early on, um, maybe not when he's pre K or toddler, but but early on, I want to get into some sort of combat sport. I really think that that yeah, for both boys and girls is a really important place to recognize um, to kind of connect your body to your mind, okay, and in relation to other people, right. Uh, it is an opportunity to learn what you're capable of, to engage in competition, to learn sportsmanship in a really difficult situation. And here's another distinction here. Uh, again, I'm going all over the place. Team versus non-team things. Right? right. So you get a kid involved in basketball versus Brazilian jiu-jitsu, right? Some of those lessons they learn, ultimately, I think you could learn a lot of similar lessons from being engaged uh, in sport over time. And there's an important aspect of playing with kids and everything. But that, that sort of direct physical confrontation, understanding what you like, understanding that that is a way that people can interact is huge. One, one point I'll give you on that, I was in the military. Um, I did ROTC in college. And I was a combat arms officer in the military. One part of our training um, that was emphasized is we had combatives training, which is a military kind of martial arts, basic, very basic martial arts system. Has some jujitsu, has some kind of punching and stuff. It's not like super intense, but our leaders, the people who are facilitating our training, were saying, "Look, this is where you the rubber hits the road. If you can't endure and perform and accept and grow when you're getting you." Would, one of the things was you got punched in the face and taser. Like those, those are two things that happened to you. Ouch. This is part of the training, much, much less some of the sparring you did. But it's like, look, you got to be able to get punched in the face and keep going because mm-hmm. that's life, man. Yeah. Okay. And the final thing. So I'm going all over the place here. So there's kind of like, hey, individual versus group sports, this kind of, um, kind of combative stuff that I was talking about. Uh, and then as they get older, how do you help them to um, really – Find something they enjoy and want to achieve that. Even if it's soccer, if it's jujitsu, it's it's a difficult road. I don't think Sydney and I want to Serena and Denise Williams know it, right? We're not right. going out there. You 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 look at the statistics for any of these sports, really, and it's like okay to get from a competent child to a pro athlete where you're making the money. That's not a path we're going to try and put him on. Now it could be that he's good enough to get on that path. Mm-hmm. And we'll support him, right? But 
I, I, I do think there's, um, there's, there's probably some discrete periods of time where it's like, okay, you're kind of experimenting. Maybe you find something you want, whether individual or team based, you really go after it. How much of your identity is wrapped up in that? How many resources are we throwing at that versus we also want you to be able to play an instrument, like I don't know, be in the choir or whatever. Right. So a lot of thoughts. Yeah. Lots, lots. Uh, one, I don't know how good of a singing talent either you or Sid are, but, uh, I mean, he, he can go for it, but like I don't know about the singing. But anyways, uh, yeah, I mean, you had a lot of great thoughts about like the whole uh, comeback stuff, or not comebacks, uh, uh, whatever, karate or whatever. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it, you know what's funny? I actually, yeah. But anyways, here's a funny story I'll tell real quick. I was like, I think I want to say it was like nine, and I had a friend who was actually in, like in karate, and like his birthday party was in a karate thing, and I actually like. I think I accidentally signed up for a class and then I got really upset. I was like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do karate, <laughs> even though it's kind of a f- cool sport. But like, I just, at the time I was not interested. And I like sort of like fake cried to get out of it. <laughs> I fake yeah. cried to get out of it. But no, yeah, it was funny. It was like, cause I, I had to wear like the whole, like, uh, what do you want to call it? those? Like robe things. Yeah. Yeah, gee, I think they're called. Yeah, so I had to wear that, and like it was kind of like I said, it was a cool party, but like I was just not interested in like becoming a, a karate master at the time. Not on my path, just not on my career path at the moment. But maybe if I uh, try it again, maybe. But uh, I was not interested in being the next karate kid or whatever. But anyways, yeah, just wanted to tell that quick funny story. So, so yeah. Um, uh, let's see what else that I had for you. Let me look at my notes real quick. So we talked about, okay. Oh, then you sort of like hinted at the idea of you were interested in doing the whole March Madness bracket. So uh, let me just talk a little bit about yeah. that. Yeah. So for, for the, the listener here, um, I don't have as much of an interest or background in sports as, as many folks, just the way I was raised. Um, sure. You know, major sport, like major, the Super Bowl or something we would watch. My family just wasn't watching football on Sundays or particularly in the basketball and then maybe connecting back to our previous topic, the sports I did were swimming, wrestling, um, cross country, you know, very individual right. sports. But, uh, of course, a lot of our culture and it is very interesting, you know, these major things like March Madness, the NFL and all that. And so just for the listener, last year I was invited to participate in a work um, fantasy football league. And so I reached out to Chandler as just a trusted expert in my life. I really learned a lot through the process of participating in the league. Started out strong in the league. Uh, ultimately ended up finishing towards the bottom. Um, but I learned a lot just what, how it all works and, and why it's fun. And it was fun. Uh, it certainly kept me engaged. Mm-hmm. As you're having different players uh, playing. So as we were talking about doing this podcast, you got this major March Madness thing on the cor- uh, around the corner. I don't mm-hmm. think I've ever made a breath bracket you know my 30 odd years of life <laughs> i've never made a bracket and so um would just be interesting to hear Chandler, what you're thinking about for for this uh coming tournament yeah so i was as i was when you brought up the topic i was like oh okay i'm gonna help you win this bracket because i'm usually pretty decent at it even though i have like one or two like misses which happens every year no one's gonna have the perfect bracket but knowing you would be you would be so funny if you were the one person who hasn't done it in like thirty years gets the perfect bracket. It'd be so funny. You'd be the one person be like, yeah, I've been I've never watched a single second of basketball and somehow just got it all right. You're like, oh, 
what are you talking about? I'm just really good at basketball no knowledge. But anyway, so let me give you some quick tips on like filling out a bracket. So I would recommend, so when you fill out a bracket, there are going to be some teams on the bracket side, right? So you're going to look at some of the teams. You're like, oh, well, this team's higher than this seed, right? Wrong, wrong, wrong. There's at least a minimum of like five to six upsets. So you got to pick the, between like five to six upsets from each team. Now I can sort of give you some hints on which teams that could be when the brackets come out, obviously. So uh, this for the listeners, I'm going to give out like a couple teams to watch out for. So like Kent State, Indiana, Northwestern, TCU. There's obviously I'll do more of a breakdown of it towards like once we get closer to the uh, March Madness and the whole NCAA. But yeah, those are a couple teams I would just sort of because like actually was going to do like a preview right before the interview and all that other stuff. So yeah. So this is just some other stuff. Just as you look in the crystal ball for this March, what do you think the storyline is going to be? Storyline. What do you think people are going to be talking about the whole tournament? Is there going to be a team, kind of a Cinderella team, or is that's going to be the talk of the town, or is it going to be, hey, look, the dominant team, Duke or whatever, is just going to crush crush it? What, what, what's your thought on the story? That's a great question. Um, my story, Some of the storylines are for sure is Kansas – can Kansas repeat as champions? Because we haven't had a back-to-back national championship team since Florida when they did in like 07, 08. So that'll be the one storyline for sure. Then the other storyline will be can Houston uh, from a mid-major or mid-major school be sort of the uh, can because the final four this year is in Houston. So can they get to the final four and win it in their home state in their hometown and stuff like that? And then some of the Cinderella stories, I would prop. I mean, I haven't looked at so obviously the brackets not out yet, but I would think like teams like, like sort of like Indiana, maybe I don't know, maybe they're not maybe not Indiana, but like maybe like TCU or I'm trying to think of other teams out there. But yeah, I mean, because like Purdue, for example, is like was like the consistent number one team throughout the whole season so far. But obviously, they're sort of like trending in the wrong direction. So, I mean, you could definitely pick them in your bracket, but like it depends on who they're matching up against. Because like at at this moment of time, like like I said, they're trending in, the, in sort of in the wrong direction. So I'm toward in, I'm leaning towards not to pick them to go far, but like at the same time, they got a seven seven five kid who's like really talented. But like I said, it's. There's some, there's some definitely some story, uh, some storylines I'm going to be looking at, and also another storyline for sure because like I'm sure I don't know if you were aware of this, but like there is some controversy going on with the whole Alabama program right now with uh, the, uh, so yeah, so sort of a quick update because like I'm sure this will take a lot of our interview time, but uh, basically there's an Alabama or a former Alabama player murdered someone, and then another a teammate of his. Uh, brought him the gun, even though I don't think he, it was like a, like I said, it's a whole messy situation. So if you want to do some quick research of it of your own, but like either way, Jeez. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a bad situation. It's very sorry for the person who got murdered. We're thinking of their family and all that stuff. But like at the same time, it's like they're a good team. Like they're the number one, t- number two team in America, but I wouldn't be shocked if most of America starts rooting against them. Cause like the whole situation with the whole murder case. And I'm like, well, I want to pick them to go far, but at the same time, I kind of want to root against them. And I'm usually rooting against them because of their football team, not because of the basketball team. So it's it's a weird situation going on for sure. So, yeah, it's it's not good. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, have you seen the Apple TV series Ted Lasso? Have you seen oh, that my all? God. Such a great show. Great show. Great show. And so when I, when I hear that, and I agree 
be tragic for the person who got murdered. And obviously, you don't want want any of that violence in any area of life. But when you're looking at these dynamics, and you're you're starting, you're writing your bracket at the beginning of the tournament, right? There has to be an aspect of team focus, um, and even maybe coaching would be a separate subject. But I think about the Alabama team, not knowing anything about their season or who else is on the team or uh, whatever, but I have a sense of Alabama as a high-performing institution. You have this murder stuff going on. Whatever dynamic brought you to this point, that's got to be interrupted a bit, right? Yeah, a little bit. Because here's the thing, because like once like sort of this more information happened, because this, uh, this whole situation happened about five weeks ago in like Last Tuesday, they played a game against South Carolina, and the athletic director for Alabama was sort of saying about because like Brandon Miller, who's a player involved with it, but like he's not the murderer, but he's the one who brought the gun. Allegedly, this is all alleged. So, I'm not the I'm not the person or I'm not the legal person to be. I need to do more research on it. But anyways, um, they played a game against South Carolina. It was in South Carolina, and like the ADs, like, hey, look, we don't have all, all the information yet. Obviously, there's some different laws in Alabama because, like, I think you're allowed to carry, you're allowed to carry a, a weapon. So, um, anyways, uh, uh, what am I getting to? But anyways, they're playing a game, and then obviously a lot of the South Carolina fans were booing him because of the whole situation, right? So, and then that game, he drops 40 points, and obviously that's you got to think a bit. You're like, oh, well, this kid can obviously go through adversity, obviously knowing of the whole situation with the whole murder case. He's like, oh. He can obviously go through a uh, slight adversity with the whole knowledge of the murder stuff. And then like this past yesterday, they were playing against, uh, who were they playing? Arkansas. I don't know how many points he dropped, but they obviously won the game. So, I mean, I feel like they're sort of handling it pretty well, but at the same time, I'm sure they're having a little, like, they're all looking at each other. Like, did he, did he No, Cause you know what I mean? Cause like, we're all human. We all like in the back of our heads, we're like, we, we hope he, wasn't involved with it but at the same time a little part of you probably thinks you're like damn did he do it so yeah that's basically the whole situation of alabama interesting interesting well i hope it all kind of come comes out and justice is served right uh, and then the best team wins but going back to the question i guess as you're looking at your bracket so if i heard you correctly one way that you start out looking at a bracket is, hey, there are going to be some upsets. Yes. I mean, there have to be. So where mm-hmm. am I going to put those? So you kind of put those down, right? Right. So then what else, what other dynamics are you considering? Are you considering particular matchups, offense versus defense, particular players? How are you How are you going through a thought process of writing out that bracket from left to right down to mm-hmm. center, right? So like I said, you got to pick a couple upsets and then you usually go about, I would say 20, 10%, of its upsets in the first two rounds. And then if you feel lucky enough that you feel like a, let's say for example, an, uh, a nine seed gets to the sweet 16. That's not crazy to think. Cause like sometimes, mo- cause like sometimes a one seed does lose to an eight or a nine seed, depending on who it's a uh, eight or nine. So, and then I would also recommend that you at least go somewhat chalk. Like I'm not saying go like chalk heavy and put like all four one seeds in the final four. Cause that's has not happened in a very long time. So, I think the last time all four number one seeds got to the final four was uh, the same year with Florida when they went back to back was like oh seven oh eight. So it's been a hot minute since all the final 
all the number one seeds. Um, and then I would also like recommend to all the listeners or just anybody who does fill out brackets. Like typically you just want to find out, all right, who's their best player? How many points? What are we looking at for their like offensive efficiency? Like, are they in the top 20 in offense? Or if they like top 20 in defense or stuff like that, there's some math to it. I mean, you're not going to like project every game right but if you get close enough where you get most of the picks right and if you get your final four picks right then most of the time you're gonna win so i mean you're probably so for example let's say that you picked a 12 seed to be at five but it was the wrong 12 seed because like there's like statistics out there to say that uh a 12 over five is like the most likely thing to happen because like it's just one of the things but i will also say this real quick that if you're gonna do a one uh, 16 over a one. It's only happened once in NCAA history. It's only happened once, and that was like roughly what about six years ago, I think, when uh UNBC beat Virginia. So that was like that's the only time it's happened so far. And I, well, we all thought it was never going to happen. Obviously, never say never. But yeah, I mean, like I said, I'll do some more research and all that. But yeah, I mean, it's just there's going to be some. I got to see a bracket first, and then I can give you some more like knowledge and be like, all right, pick this team, pick that team, yeah, stuff like that. So I, I'm going to have to do some more research on more teams because like I mainly have focus on like certain teams to look out for, but I'll have to do some more research on like the mid the mid level schools. So yeah, oh, sounds good. I'm looking forward to it. It reminds me um, a few years ago I was reading about how uh, this must be the. Uh, 20 uh, 2012 Olympics, whatever the Olympics were, mm-hmm. the COVID craziness, but there were some, you know, people would bet on like the javelin thrower. And there was, um, there were some guys who like actually went out and like watched these javelin athletes and like really developed a perspective on it. And then they went in and they, they were very successful betting because these sports were, uh, I don't know, sort of unknown enough. Nobody's really paying attention enough that they were actually being able to get a, a competitive advantage on the houses by, digging deep for you you're, you're fighting you're competing against millions of americans who are passionate about march madness mm-hmm. <laughs> you know all this stuff so it is interesting how these how it turns into math pretty quick mm-hmm. right because there are people accepting a lot of money putting a lot of money onto these predictions and you can take this qualitative sense of um you know the cinderella versus the goliath right and all the human aspect of it, you can convert it down into math at the end of the day, and uh, the betting houses don't lose much money. Yeah, uh, yep, that's very, very true. So, uh, yeah, uh, let's see what else. Let's move on to uh, we sort of. I think we slightly talked about it a little bit, but like, what's some uh, positives and negatives about living in Colorado? Uh, good question. I mean, beautiful state. Uh, you know, a, fun, a funny thought for those who haven't been to Colorado or thought much about. What's the culture of Colorado? Uh, weed. One way to think about it is, you know, weed, yeah, weed comes <laughs> to mind, but in some ways, it's all the people who were moving west and got to the mountains and were like, ah, oh, that's far enough. You know, like, I don't need to go to Utah or California. Like, this is good. You know, we got over the Great Plains. I don't need to go over the mountains. So there's, there's a western aspect. There's this um, kind of go, uh, just kind of easy living. People are pretty chill aspect that kind of feeds into that marijuana. Uh, it's expensive out here, especially in the metros, right? Um, cost of living has gone way, way up. Um, you can look back to before the great financial crisis, 2008, and just in that time, a huge change, particularly in the Denver metro area. Um, 
trailheads are more crowded, right? If you want to have that experience with nature, which is something else you think about with Colorado, get out into nature, um, then you need to get up a little earlier, go a little further to have that one-on-one experience with nature. Right. Uh, for those who are maybe a little more conservative and conservatively inclined, not necessarily uh, Republican or whatever the case, but uh, Colorado went from being a very purple state to very blue state. So our state leadership is um, in the metro leadership are all extremely democratic, which has some um, you know direct policy implications. Here in Denver, particularly, we have some major homeless, uh, mental health, drug addiction issues. Uh, which are starting to impact people's lives. I think we're the car theft capital of the world uh, versus you get out into the rural areas of Colorado. And that's right. Warren Bober, you know, the well-known conservative firebrand mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of interesting lady is from, you know, a place like rival Colorado. So definitely a mixed bag. I mean, you have these pockets of very dense, expensive urban areas, which have great coffee shops, great weed, if that's what you're into, um, a lot of culture, and then you have huge areas of uh, of nature, really impressive nature. Actually, interesting little thing, Chandler, I'm not sure you ever thought about this or know this. The federal government owns an incredible amount of land in the western states. Mm. So I don't know the exact percentage for Colorado, but using Utah as an example, the federal government owns 80% of Utah. Really? Uh, and Col- Colorado is some, some, somewhere similar to that, right? So when you look at them, map of the west this kind of interesting to you go check it out the federal government owns huge amounts of land out here so that's good and bad right i mean it's kind of a limit to development but a lot of recreational um nature opportunities uh one exception to that interestingly is texas the federal government only owns one percent of texas so take do that with that when you will yeah i gotcha but no no, so some scatterbrain thoughts there on Colorado. Here's some of my like initial like funny thoughts about Colorado because like I th- like you said I think it's a cool state. There's some interesting stuff, but like at the same time, once you get outside of Denver, there isn't a whole lot. I mean, there's some cool like little cities like Boulder, Colorado Springs, and like a couple other like what's the place we went to for your wedding? Like Esser Park, right? It was Esser's Park. Esser's Park. Esser's Park. Yeah. The place and where they shot the place. yeah, and that's where they shot the shiny. Fun fact. And I was hoping to get to that hotel, but I ran out of time. Hopefully, I get back there sometime in my life. It is a haunted hotel. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, like I, some of my other thoughts about Colorado is like, like I said, there's once you get like outside of some of these cities, you're just like in a like a whole like rural like a lot of mountains and like grass. It's like, what is, what else is there to do besides just living either in like Boulder, Colorado, or like Denver? So it's just like, why would you want to live there besides either one? Here's another thing about Colorado. I think I think it's mainly because like a lot of what you know wonder you wonder why there's so many people there because all the millennials like you decided you know what I'm gonna go out west and then they they got to Colorado they're like yeah actually this this is pretty good I'm just gonna stay right here. There's some great local breweries, weed, mountains. Let's just chill right here. Let's just chill out right here. And then they're just stuck there for like ten years of their life. You're like, yep, I'm good. (laughs) So basically, that's what happened. You know, some some interesting for your Iowa listeners and you being in Iowa. Mm-hmm. There's there's a regional aspect to all this as well. Um, a lot of Midwestern folks, and so that impacts the culture, right? That leads to that kind of Midwest nice culture out here. Certainly, you do get some people from the coasts moving to Denver for the mountains and the weed and some of these cultural things we're mentioning. But just to give you an example of how 
stark this difference is. I lived in Texas for years. I went to college there. Mm-hmm. There, you know, the military. I was never met another Iowa. People had never met in Iowa. People would say, "Oh, like where are you from?" I'd say, "I'm from Iowa." And they'd say, "Ohio?" <laughs> Iowa. Like, Idaho? No, no, no. Iowa. It's Iowa. The it's the nose part of the troll. You, you ever see that? Like a picture of the U.S. and people have outlined like a little. Oh yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you kind of like talk people into it. You're like field of dreams, corn, right? And people were legitimately pleased to meet in Iowa. And they're like, "I've never met in Iowa. That's amazing. Like, tell me about it." You move out here to Colorado. There's so many islands. I mean, really? Well, that's <laughs> true. Sydney is now. But um, total, totally different. So there is an aspect as well. Uh, culturally, you're going to meet a ton of people from Nebraska, Iowa, Michigan, Minnesota, you know, these, the kind of central U.S. I would say like Denver and Kansas City are the big cities that people, Chicago, I guess, as well. All right. so, so that has an impact, which mm-hmm. could be good or bad for people. Yeah, for sure. You know what's funny too? Like I I would love to go out to Colorado a couple more times, but like here's the tricky part. Sometimes I'm not crazy about flying. Like I'll fly and the, the the reason I got the first time I went on a flight prior Okay, so I went on a flight for your guys' wedding, obviously. And I was like sort of like, All right, I'll go on a flight. But at the same time I was like, eh, I don't know what it is about flying, but I think it's mainly just a turbulence. I'm like, Oh my god, are we going down? <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I mean uh it would be a lot cooler if we just got rid of Nebraska. So that way the trip wouldn't be so long. <laughs> Cause like half of Nebraska is just like nothing. 100%. It's just nothing. There's nothing. Like once you get like past like Lincoln, I think there's like nothing there. Like what's the point of Nebraska? And I'm sure you can make the same jokes about Iowa, but we got plenty of other cool cities. Okay. Gosh. <laughs> yeah. Nebraska. Um, I've heard. So in Australia, where they have the outback, right, which is enormous. It's hard to mm-hmm. conceptualize how big Australia is. In certain parts of the outback, they have these signs along the road that kind of keep drivers engaged. Like it'll ask a riddle at mile five, right? And then it'll tell you the answer to the riddle at mile fifteen. Nebraska needs some of that I, because yeah. you start driving in Nebraska, and I agree. I mean, you just lose track of time and yourself, and, and I mean, especially if there's some sort of weather that's limiting visibility. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Nebraska is super boring. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh, poor Nebraska getting shit on. Oh, well, nobody cares. <laughs> but no, um, here, I, w- I also thought about some, do you mind talking a little bit about the Scarlett Johansson story? Cause like when you told me this, cause like it was during one of our like, uh, holiday breaks and you told me the story cause I was sure. like watching a Marvel stuff and you're like, Oh, Chandler, I have this really cool story about Scarlett Johansson. I was like, I'm sorry. What did you just say? So yeah. Do you mind talking <laughs> about that a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I mentioned earlier in the podcast that I was in, in the military. So I deployed to Afghanistan 2016 to 2017. And while I was there, I was in the northeast of Afghanistan, a place called Jalalabad. Occasionally, um, well, this, this not occasionally, there is a tradition of high-profile performers and celebrities coming to entertain the tri- troops overseas. So you'll see famous pictures like Marilyn Monroe, Mm-hmm. going to perform for troops in Korea, right? And the same thing happens today. And so there was a USO tour, and there were about 16 people. I can't name all of them, but there was like an NBA player, uh, Scarlett Johansson. Is Chris Hemsworth, is he Captain America? Uh, that's Thor. Chris Evans is Captain America. Chris Evans is Captain America. I knew it was Chris. Um, yeah, there's a lot of Chris out there. Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, 
So it was Chris Evans, Scarlett Johansson, and there was a number of other, I would say more like B-list to see with sure. celebrities. Um, but they were coming around. They were not coming to where I was. So I want the listener to appreciate that this was really a um, something I, I, I really had to put a lot of effort into doing. Um, and my goal was to get to where they were and invite Scarlett Johansson to a military ball. And for those listeners who aren't involved in the military, there is actually a tradition of this. Um, the Marine Corps, many military units have these formal events. And every couple of years, you'll hear about a soldier or a Marine inviting a celebrity, and sometimes they come. And sometimes they say, oh, we can't come, but here's like, I think Angelina Jolie sent, sent a soldier a case of champagne. Right. So for. There, it, it, it happens. And I was like, I want to invite Scarlett Johansson to our post-deployment ball. I would. Um, so, <laughs> so she and this whole entourage were coming to a base. Not, you know, I don't know. You, you can't drive places. So I had to jump on a helicopter. I had to get permission. I had to jump on a helicopter. Kind of like a, almost like a taxi service. It's kind of crazy. You don't think about it, but it's like a taxi service between these bases. So I get on a helicopter. I get out there. What I've been led to believe was there would be a meet and greet situation. If you were a soldier who was going to be allowed to go, you would actually get to talk to these people. Well, throughout the day, the schedule just kept getting pushed back. And I'm going to finish out the Scarlett Johansson part, but I, I have a funny Chris Evans story to kind of conclude. All right. So anyway, things things kept getting pushed back, and um, I'm starting to get nervous, right? Uh, now, fortunately, your boy's prepared. And so I had written out the request as well on some nice stationery. Um, they provide that for soldiers overseas to like write back home. Um, and I was slowly getting to the point. I was like, man, this is, uh, you know, is she going to actually be able to come today? Am I going to totally miss this? Well, what ended up happening is instead of the meet and greet, they put all these celebrities, all like 16 of them in like a row of chairs. And then they would have groups of soldiers 10 at a time come in and stand behind them and take a picture and so there was very minimal interaction but uh it was going to happen so i come in and um you know i get i position myself so i'm just to the right of mr hansen um and first thing i'm struck by she is tiny in person i mean I guess yeah she's kind of short do like just over five feet i mean mm-hmm. I know you watch these movies and you're like it could be any height <laughs> yeah but i was i was amazed she's a very small woman um, but I get near, I'm like, Miss Johansson, can I ask you something? And she said, Oh yes, what is it? You know? Mm-hmm. And, um, just in the short amount of time I had, I said, Hey, we're having a military ball when we redeploy. This is an invitation, no pressure, but I love if you come. And I gave her the, uh, the card. I never heard back, uh, but she did take it. She put it under her seat. I don't know what she did with that. Maybe she saved it. Uh, and, uh, I don't know. At a minimum, I asked her, uh, Kind of went through this whole day. There was a lot of setbacks, but when push came to shove, I made it happen. And uh, she didn't come. She didn't send me any champagne, but I uh, definitely um, got a chance to ask her to come. So. Awesome, but yeah, I mean, you were determined to at least ask her and give yourself a chance with her. But uh, Scarlett, if you happen to see this video, please give this man at least one dance. All we ask is one dance. One dance. I, I am happily married. I understand that. <laughs> around that time is going through divorce is now for all i know happily married we just have to get coffee together yeah you know? or at least coffee yeah that too or just send him a little gift yeah. basket at the time was there a potential that she and i might have you know 
There may have been more. Yeah. Maybe. Both, neither, neither of us were in the situations we are now. now. Sliding doors effects. You could have been. You could have been uh, married to Scarlett Johansson. Then three days, three years later, got divorced. And then another three years later, you met Sid, and boom, back right here. And then she meets Colin Joe, or uh, what's her name? Uh, what's his name? Colin Joseph, right? Yeah. So I mean, yeah, yeah. look you there. Yeah. So life, life is funny. You know, <laughs> that's why uh, you gotta, you gotta try while you're out there. Um, the funny Chris Evans story. So Chris, Chris Evans. This is. 2016, 2017, Marvel movies are still big, but mm-hmm. Captain America, I don't think the final one had come out or whatever. Right. And Captain America is a very compelling superhero, mm-hmm. especially for people in the military. Like, I would say... He's Captain America. He's America. Certainly my... <laughs> yeah, certainly my favorite movie superhero of recent times. Maybe my favorite superhero of all time. So it's pretty cool when Chris Evans is like coming out to see you in Afghanistan, right? Because you're like, that's Captain America, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, um, I, I, I didn't directly witness this, but a friend, uh, did female officers. She was a lot more interested in meeting Chris Evans than Scarlett Johansson. And so she had been kind of going through a similar process. I don't think she was actually trying to invite him to the ball, but she was trying to meet Chris Evans. I was trying to meet Scarlett Johansson. He, they eventually arrive. They, they kind of go down to this gun, gun pit where you shoot an artillery piece. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, they're just, they're on a bit of a tour as well, right? And Chris Evans steps into his porta potty, which let me tell you what, porta potties in that area of the world are not pleasant places, but it's <laughs> kind of what you got for the most part, right? And uh, some soldiers nearby are just very disappointed because in the movies, you know, he's this huge guy, he's got the shield, he's ripped, you know, mm-hmm. and there's a certain amount of preparation that he's done for that, and a certain amount of CGI, and a certain amount of movie magic, but in reality, he's a great looking dude. He's he famous, is, but he's not. He's not like the Captain America in the movie, right? And these soldiers are uh, just like talking to themselves, and and they're just like legitimately disappointed. Like they they thought that it was going to be the movie Chris Evans, ah, real life Chris Evans. And so he's in the port of John, and he comes out and he's like, "I heard that," <laughs> you know. <laughs> he's like. I'm sorry to disappoint you, but uh, I'm glad you're a fan of the movies. They were so embarrassed and all this stuff. But uh, yeah, you know that's that's the thing. Hollywood versus real life. Uh, man, you just hate to see it when you when you expect like a celebrity or a superhero to look like sort of like what they look like as a character, and you see them in real life. You're like, I don't look like in the movies, you know. So yeah, it's fun stuff. Uh, do you mind you you want to do a quick little uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers draft? Do you mind? Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. All right, man, for sure. All right, so how this is going to work is uh, we're going to do a little Red Hot Chili Peppers because, like, this is a quick little side note. How long did you and Sid do that? Or, like, how long did it take for you and Sid to learn that dance at your wedding? Yeah, so, oh, man. For, so for those who didn't attend my wedding, you know, <laughs> I'm sure, uh, Sydney and I danced, our first dances to a Red Hot Chili Pepper song, Hard to Concentrate. I had known I wanted to dance that song since college at least. Okay. Um, it's just one of these songs I heard. I'm like, I would like to dance that at my wedding. And then I found Chandler's cousin Sydney, who I'm married to, and she was up to do it. But you don't want to look like you're in middle school. Just right. <laughs> so we actually did dance lessons. One of the hardest things I've done recently. I am, you know, not not set up for that. I've never had a sense of rhythm. Never had a background dance or anything like that. So we did lessons for like six months. Wow. It was, it was a it was a nail biter as to how it would turn out. And, um, 
you know, you don't have to flatter me, Chandler, how to turn out. I thought it was pretty good. Like, I mean, you kept doing like, it wasn't like anything spectacular, but I thought it was still pretty decent. Like, you, you know, you got the, you did the whole hands thing you turn and you did stuff like that. So, I mean, I mean, I, if I, I, if I had to scale it from one to 10, I'll give you guys a seven. I'll give you guys a seven or a 6.5. Well, I, yes, I appreciate that. Cause you know, if we hadn't done the lessons, it would have been a cool song and some wiggling up, you know, some swaying around the dance force. It would have been like one and a half. So six months of effort, you know, brought us up. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, sure. it, you know, but just sitting there, I'm sure it would have been a 10 out of it. Yeah. If it, involved as well. Yep. So I think that was really the 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 the, the, the discussion or the uh God I can't even speak. But anyways, let's get right into the draft here. So this is how sure. it's gonna work. So I'll I'll let you go first since you're the guest and you're Mr. Red Hat Chili Peppers guy. So this is how it's gonna work. Okay. So if you pick a song, so with your first pick, you pick this song, and then with my next pick, I cannot pick that song. I have to pick a different song. So we'll do five picks of Red Hot Chili Pepper songs. Okay. So I'll let you go first. What so, Patrick, with your first pick, what song are you picking? So, I'll, I'll take Hard to Concentrate. Hard to Concentrate. I see. I was I was sort of expecting you to pick that song, but if you didn't, I was going to be slightly be like, Patrick, you sure you don't want to go over a different song? <laughs> but no, right, it's a great right. pick. Uh, with my first pick, I'm going to go with Califice, or Califization with my first pick. California. Yeah, Californication, my bad. So, I'll go with that with my first pick. All right. Can I share a quick story on that? Sure, one? go for it. That's a great, great song you picked. That is the first music video I remember because you know, like the internet was new. This whole concept of like being able to watch music videos. There was no YouTube, right? Oh, right. Um, and uh, I remember the music video for Californication was. Um, I don't know. Uh, I was gonna say I haven't it seen was it. So a, tri- a trippy thing. It was a very trippy thing and totally outside my experience. But for my next song. I will pick Death of a Martian. And for those who haven't listened to this, this is a song uh, about the death of, of one of the Chili Pepper band members' dogs. Oh, poor guy. Really, um, it's a powerful song. Mm. It's a powerful song. It really makes you uh, reflect on the furry friends in your life. That's a good pick. I, I've not heard of it, but I'm sure after this, I'll maybe just give it a quick listen. All right, with my number two, see, I got a couple. See, I made a list okay. on the on my phone here, so I'll go with Scar Tissue with my second pick. Mm-hmm. I like that's a good song. Good. Love it, I love it. Um, nope, that's a great one. Uh, I will go with uh, Midnight, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you for those who may not be familiar with that. So well, you're going, you're I'm going deep cup here. You're getting in some deep cuts. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, you uh, as the host, you know, you're kind enough to pick a band that I'm passionate about, so I'm going to take advantage. Share share a little um, insight into myself and the Chili Peppers, but I've listened to that song as I'm leaving places, you know, because I moved around a lot with life and the military and work and all this stuff, and it's it's a great song to just kind of end the chapter of your life. Check that out if you haven't listened to it. Mm-hmm. All right, so with my third pick, this is going to be an interesting pick, but I and I'll tell you a quick story why I picked this song. I'm going to go with Higher Ground. And the go with that. And here's a quick story about it. So the only reason I'm picking it at number three is because the first time I ever heard this song is from a Power Rangers movie. <laughs> it's a scene. It's a scene where they're like on a uh, airplane and they, they're doing like skydiving and they start playing the song. And that's the only reason I remember the song is from that Power Rangers movie. So shout out the Power Rangers when I was a kid. 
good. <laughs> hey, they're probably coming back soon. I mean, uh, they, I know, I think they made a movie somewhat recently, but I got to imagine Power Rangers coming back soon. It's such a great story, and the Megazords that get made. Um, I'm going to pick Desecration Smile. Mm. Yeah, that's just a real thought provoker. A uh, little more on the uh, contemplative side, so check that out. All right. Now, this this might be a steal at number four, but I'm going to go with give it away. That This is a steal, Patrick. This is a steal at number four. Can't I can't believe you let this slide at number four. Well, you know, the Chili Peppers... I mean, they got a lot of great hits, nice. but, I mean, it's they, a steal at number four, I feel like. It is, it is. It is a steal at number four. I mean, these guys have created so many great songs. I'm, I'm going for more... The Patrick Brady mm-hmm. discovering life route, you know, and, and you pick some of um, some of the ones that have made them justifiably one of the best bands of the twentieth and twenty first century for sure. So I, I'll regretfully let you have it. And for my last one, I'll go way back and um, choose Blood Sugar Sex Magic, which is one of their you know a song from uh, they had an album named Blood Sugar Sex Magic, and uh, it's just it's a real punchy song. It definitely feels like it came from a a little bit of an older time. It's super good. Awesome. All right, with my final pick, I'm going to go with, let's see, what do I got left? See, there's a couple good ones still on the board. But I think I'm going to go with Around the World. I think I'm going to go with Around the World. That's a good one to finish up my uh, my squad here. I love it. I love it. Yeah, all of those are good. Uh, I think after this interview, I'm going to have to go back and binge some chili peppers. I was going to say, what's some honorable mentions we that we didn't pick? Um, I like the song Go Robot. It just has, uh, it, it's back in that blood sugar sex magic time. And I'm not, uh, not super good at describing music genres or, but it, it's, it's a little more funky. Mm-hmm. Perhaps the, both those songs are a little more funky than Rocky uh, or Poppy. Sure. So I like that. I like a little funk. What about Snow? Or is it called Snow? Oh. Hey, oh. Yeah, Snow. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Snow. Yep. That's a great one. Uh, Under the Bridge. Under the Bridge. I think Macklemore had a remix uh, of that. Pretty sure. He might have. It's a great question. I think like I think he still is. Like I've seen him a couple times, like on popping up on my social media timeline. But yeah, it's he had, he definitely had a run there for a while where he was pulling out some good songs for sure for people. It's like, uh, you know, another one I think about, it takes too far off tra- topic here, but you know that uh, song, Waving Flag, that was the World Cup oh, song? Oh, yeah. That was a great song. It's a great, great song. song. Great song. The artist behind it is this guy named Kanon. I really enjoy his music. Oh, yeah. I think I'm every aware of him. So often, every so often, I'll go try and be like, what's Kanon up to? Yeah. And the answer seems to be, he may be making more music. He might not. I mean, maybe you have a song like that, and you're good. You know, you can just... Yeah, I was gonna say there's a couple artists out there that like put out like five to five good songs out there and they're like they'll go missing for like a while. Either because they're just taking a break from music or they're just not producing like some of like the classic hits that they put out. Like for example, remember this I can't think of the guy's name, but remember the song like Dynamite in like the early two thousands? It's like I put my hands up in the air sometimes yeah. Is it no, that's the different it's another version of that. But yeah, that artist and then um, you remember, uh, God, who's the other artist I was sort of just thinking about right now? Oh God. Um, darn it. Who is it? 
Oh, remember the guy? Uh, remember the? Uh, never mind. I'm just gonna stop trying. <laughs> fair, fair enough. But yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's crazy how some of these like artists like will put out like some good songs and then they, like disappear for a while. But like, and you'll like thing on a random like Wednesday, be like, hey, what happened to that one guy? Yeah, right. Versus the Chili Peppers, just tying it all back here. They've been making music since 1980. Now they've had some changes in the lineup over the years. And for instance, for their most recent tour all the living members of the um, original band got back together, which is not the case for their tour 10 years ago. So they've had different, there's been different manifestations of the Chili Peppers, but these guys, the general set of guys have been making music for like 40 years. And that's crazy. Have you been to a, to one of their concerts? Yeah, it was, uh, so this last summer, so summer of 2022, they did a big uh, stadium tour and um, actually just tying this back to <laughs> the wedding one more time. I'm getting ready the morning of the wedding, mm-hmm. literally the morning of the wedding, and there was a fan pre-sale that I for, and so uh, they dropped all this money on floor <laughs> seats for when they came to Denver just before we stepped out the door to go to the, uh, the church. To oh, my gosh. It was, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was awesome. That's funny. That's great stuff. I'm sure. Is, does Sid know about this story? Oh, she came. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh, I didn't know what the concert was, so <laughs> awesome. Yeah. All right, let's do some rapid fire questions for you. This because I feel like even though we've sort of got to know each other a lot better since you're not part of my family now, but uh, this is some rapid fire questions. So, uh, first question: texting or calling? Texting. Favorite day of the week. Sunday. I like going to church. Good for you. What's favorite what favorite city in the US besides the one you live in? San Antonio. I like San Antonio. San Antonio is a great city. I went there for an Iowa State football game and oh my goodness, such a great city. Such a cool it's got city. Got a ton of cool history. It's just different. It doesn't yeah. feel like a U.S. city because it has an older history. Yeah, and it's it also happens to be right next to the border of Mexico, so there's obviously a whole lot of different culture down there. So, I mean, and here's an uh, might slightly get in trouble, but uh, here's a quick story about San Antonio. So, obviously, we went there for the football game, and like we're sort of doing some pregame stuff, and like there's like some beer tents, and I'm not ten, I'm not technically the legal age yet, so I went up to the beer tent sure. and grabbed some tickets, so I could grab, so I could try and see if I can get some beer, and I got some beer. <laughs> they did not check my ID, nothing. They just said, "How many do you want?" I said, "This." I give them my tickets. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Obviously, Texas did not care how old I was for beer. Uh so yeah. A nickname your parents call used to call you. I was gonna say, do you have any nicknames? Besides just like Pat, or um, I was going to say, like, what kind of nicknames is a name what Patrick get? Like, there's like Pat, and there's maybe like Rick. You know, Rick, very rarely. I mean, it's happened like a couple times. You can get some situational nicknames. Uh, my last name is Brainy. I've been called Brainy before. Mm. I'm also kind of an intellectual dude, so like that one kind of fit for sure. Um, I think a family nickname. Drew, did you ever watch The Land Before Time? Was that like Little Dinosaur and His Friends? Oh, uh, yeah. But, I- I've, I think I've yeah, seen it, but mm-hmm. it was like a '90s thing. You have like Littlefoot. Mm-hmm. Basically, they're trying to get to this like they're trying not to become fossils. Is what it comes down to. Uh, there was some sort of meteor that hit, but one of the little dinosaurs' characters is called Petrie, 
I think it's the little pterodactyl one. And for whatever reason, that was uh, one of my nicknames growing up from the family perspective. Nice. All right. Would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals? I'd rather speak every language in the world, for sure. I don't know. I feel like I would want to speak to animals. I mean, it's really cool to speak every language in the world, but like, don't you want to know what Merlin's saying? Yeah, I mean, so I, I love like the Dr. Doolittle stories. Mm-hmm. Like, and we were talking earlier in the conversation about babies versus animals, right? In a in certain universe, Merlin actually has interesting thoughts. Now, what I imagine would actually happen if I talked to Merlin is he would be like, I want to play ball. Uh, do, you have any, do you have any bacon? Uh do you want to go on a walk? I mean, not that Merlin doesn't have things he wants to communicate and other animals, I'm sure, like you go talk to a whale. Who knows what whales are thinking about? Yeah, exactly. I mean, they could be thinking big things, but uh, I'm more of a, you know, I'm just a human person. That's fair. But yeah, I'm, I'm just slightly more curious about what animals are thinking sometimes. So yeah. Uh, let's see. Favorite holiday? Uh, Easter. How long does it take for you to get ready? Uh, well, I'll tell you what, as we went to this work from home atmosphere, I've gotten it down to 30 seconds, right? You like roll out of bed, cough a couple times, <laughs> throw on like a, a shirt, mm-hmm. sit down in front of, uh, I don't, I'm not on camera a ton at my work, but sometimes you're on camera. Mm-hmm. You throw on like a button up and you're wearing your pajamas and like, bam, you're ready to go. But min- minimal amount of time, different times in my life, I think are you trying like, yeah, more of a uh, process. Than I was going to say, like, typically if I'm, like, going somewhere, I'll say it probably takes me, like, five to eight minutes for me to get ready. Even that seems kind of long, mm-hmm. but, like, you take, like, a three-minute shower, and then you do, like, two minutes of, like, trying to figure out what exactly you want to wear. But obviously, with my case, nobody's particularly me on what I want to wear. But obviously, on your case, I'm sure your wife will tell you, well, you probably should wear that shirt. Try a different shirt. True, true, yeah. I mean, that is a wonderful part about being in a good relationship and getting married is uh, there are definitely parts of the world that Sydney is way better at than I am. All right. On a scale of 1 to 10, how good of a driver are you? Eh, I give myself like a 7. <laughs> yeah, I'd give myself I, a 7. Uh, I like to think I've gotten better maybe an eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, One thing I'll say is I'd, something I've tried to work on a little bit as I got older. I particularly driving around Texas, like I was driving around Dallas for college, and in Texas, you'll have to merge across like 12 lanes of a freeway mm-hmm. to, to go, let's say you're going, you're trying to go some major directions. This isn't even just you're trying to do, you know, do something unusual. This is what you need to do to get from point A to point B routinely, and so that, that you go from, hey, I'm, I'm sort of an Iowa driver, I get on the interstate once every, I don't know, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, once in a while. And any bad habits I had were just amplified on the Texas drive. Uh, I'm working on it. I give myself a seven. <laughs> I was going to say, like, when me and my cousin and, like, another buddy of mine went to that Iowa State game, we drove through Texas. And it was kind of crazy, like, having to drive through Dallas and all the traffic and so many lanes. It's like, whoa. It's oh, crazy. crazy. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Next question. On a scale of one to ten, how good are you keeping at secrets? Uh, I'm a ten. You're a ten? Can you tell me one of said secrets? <laughs> oh, I'm bad. <laughs> All right. Uh, 
First celebrity crush. Oh, first celebrity crush. Gosh. A long time ago. The Pink Power Ranger. Like Britney Spears, I guess. Yeah, Pink Power <laughs> Ranger. Britney Spears, I guess. I'm trying to think. I, I, my family was so weird, man. I mean, they're still weird, but they were weird then as well. And uh, so it had to be somebody who was like really well known. For sure. Expose them. So probably Britney Spears. Good answer. Places you want to travel to? Ooh, good question. Um, I'd love to get to like Russia and China. I don't know. We'll see in our lifetimes to what extent that's possible. I mean, China a little more possible these days. Um, mm-hmm. I'd love to get to large parts of South America. I love traveling, man. I'd you sound take like many, it. Many, many opportunities. <laughs> yeah. Now, see, here's my whole thing with traveling. Like, I don't mind the idea of going outside the U.S. because I think I would like to go to Norway just because it's part of my heritage and all that because it seems like a cool place. But otherwise, I'm just good just staying either in the North America region. I'll either go to Mexico or Canada, so that's maybe as far as I'll go. I don't know. We'll see. Like Like I said, once I get older, maybe I'll go outside the U.S. But yeah, I'm good right here in the U.S., Canada, Mexico region. Maybe the Caribbeans too. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see what other ones. Oh, here's the last one. How many cups of coffee do you drink per day? Oh, gosh. <laughs> a lot. Um, I would say, so I have like a pour over these days, which is one of these conical things. You grind that coffee and mm-hmm. hot water over it. Now, it let me ask you this. How's your, how's your uh, amount of coffee adjusted since Noah has been born? Good question. Probably drinking a little bit more. So this pour over is a liter of coffee, which probably makes like four to six cups of coffee. And I drink like one and a half of those. The thing with Noah is, I mean, it's been changing. It changes daily and weekly for Mm -hmm. sure. But lately he's been getting up at like 5.30 or 6. And then you're just kind of up, right? So... Whereas normally I'd get up at, say, 8 o'clock and try and drink coffee till 10. Now I'm drinking coffee from 6 o'clock to 10 o'clock, so there's a lot more time to drink coffee. Um, so, yeah, it's adjusted up, but I definitely drink a lot of coffee. Yeah. I haven't gotten in the coffee phase yet, but I don't know if I neither want to or willing to. So, I don't know. I'll, I'll look into that once I get older in life. Because I know, obviously, sure. like you... Aunt Jen and like plenty of other couple people in our family, like including Brad, because I got him uh, coffee for Christmas. So, yeah, that big cup. Oh yeah, got me was amazing. I was gonna, I was gonna ask you, how did you think of it? Because like, if you didn't like it, that's totally fine. I was, I, it wasn't gonna hurt my feelings, but like, it was gonna hurt Big Cat's feelings. Well, I would tweet a Big Cat if I didn't like it. No, it was really, yeah, it was very tasty. I, um, yeah, I enjoyed the heck out of it. Yeah, coffee, one of those things you'll. How do you take yeah, your coffee? Say, like, I take it black now, but for many years I would have cream, certainly, and often sugar. I went through this whole phase in the army. The army was crazy, where I would drink like three monsters a day. Because life in the army, I mean, life in the army was we had physical fitness mm-hmm. at six a.m. every morning, um, and I lived forty minutes often away from where I worked, which is not unreasonable, right? Because mm-hmm. otherwise, you're living on an army post. So you have to get up super early. And then a lot of life in the army, at least when I was in the units I was in, I was working till 6 p.m. at night, most nights. 
And so you just have a short amount of time between coming and going. I was drinking so many monsters. So sort of an aspect of like, okay, I need caffeine at this point in my life versus coffee is delicious versus some combination of that. Right. Right. I was just curious because of like, everybody seems to be a coffee person now these days. Well, I will say this. There is definitely good coffee and bad coffee. Mm-hmm. There is a hundred percent a spectrum. Um, and so if you are kind of exploring coffee, treat yourself, you know, get, get a nicer coffee because the, the bad end of coffee is really bad. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. All right, let's see. I'm looking at my notes here to see if what other fun stuff I was going to talk to you about. Um, I think we pretty much, we just, we'll sort of wrap it up here with a couple other things. Uh, sure. I think you were talking, so I mentioned to you about some like life advice. Cause like I'm currently at that stage right now where I'm about to finish up college. Hopefully I do fingers crossed, mm-hmm. but and I need to slightly figure it out. But at the same time, I'm pretty, still pretty young. Cause I'm only 24, even though sometimes I forget how old I am these days. <laughs> Cause like the other day I was like, wait, am I really 24? But yeah, I mean, it's just like one of those weird things in life. You're just like, well, I'm still pretty young, but at the same time, I need to like slowly figure out what I'm going to do for majority of my life. So it's been pretty interesting how, how the, my, my life path is going to be at this, at this current stage of my life. Yeah, I, um, what were you doing at at the age of 24? So at 24, I was a lieutenant in the military. And that's one reason I, I've maybe put more formal thought into these things than than some other people. So just to tell you a little bit about my life, I received an ROTC scholarship. So that's how you become an officer in the military versus going to West Point, you know, um, so I received an ROTC scholarship when I was 17. So I swore my oath when I was 18 and my college was paid for. At a certain point, if I had decided to quit that, I would have had to pay the government back full price. So that's not ideal. So I go through college. I didn't know exactly what I was getting into in the military, but I had a job in the military. I tried to do well at it. And then all of a sudden, I'm, um, I got out when I guess I was, uh, gosh, I mean, I had five years. So I got out when I was 27, 28. And I felt... What I'm sure everybody feels when they really have to take accountability for who am I, what am I going to do in life? And I've navigated that better or worse. Um, I have some thoughts on it. I've also been involved because so many people were good to me and helpful to me. I volunteer and I help other veterans getting out of the military. And that's a population that in many times they made a choice in high school like I did to join the military and they maybe had a similar or different path to me. And then four years or 20 years later, like, Oh shoot, I got to like do something that doesn't involve shooting mm-hmm. you know, or it doesn't right. involve whatever I did in the military, which is what you're facing as well here. The same dynamic at the end of college. Mm-hmm. And so we could do a whole nother podcast. on that. Right. So I'll just try to keep it, keep it succinct here. But, one, the, the, one of the most fundamental things you can do is try and remove as much potentiality as possible. So we all like to have potential in our lives. We like to think that our options are open, you know, like, oh, I could do this. I could do that. But 
in finance, you often hear of compound interest, right? You put a dollar in the bank at 8% interest or whatever, and then you can look at the calculation in 50 years, you have $10,000. That's compound interest, right? Because it's building on itself. That is how you accomplish great things in life is you, you, you double down to do something. So it's not to say you need to just remove potentiality haphazardly or whatever, but you need to like have, have something you're aiming at, have a perspective. Like what I've watched you do here at the podcast, I have, you know, you, you said to yourself, I have a topic I'm interested in, a medium I'm interested in. I'm going to invest time and effort into it. Like I said, I follow you on Twitter. I'm a follower of your podcast. You look at, you, you ask yourself maybe this question, Chandler, you put yourself in the shoes of Chandler a couple of years ago when you started this podcast. And what might you say to him or what might you think of differently having gone through all of this work, removing a potentiality, right, to be here today? Now, it's not like you're the Joe Rogan experience at the moment, right? Not at the moment. But you would, you would, you have so many better data points about who you are and what you enjoy and what you might want to do than if you had just not started this podcast, right? Right. So, uh, and then there's also this blog post. There's a, by this guy named Tim Urban. He has a blog called Wait by Wild Tudo. You can share with your followers um, on how to pick a career that fits you. That's the best thing I've read on the subject. And um, anyhow, so some brief thoughts for you. I mean, yeah, that's a great sort of, that's really good. I mean, if I was... Well, I think I started this like in two, roughly two years ago. Like, if you would have told me that I was having this podcast right now, I would slightly be like, ah, I don't know about a podcast or or anything like that. Like, I was the only reason I I try I keep trying to think why I started this even this whole podcast thing because like sometimes I'll either go like, well, I was like I'm sort of interested in the whole podcasting world and all this other stuff and making content, right? And then there's another part of me that was like, well. I'm going into journalism. I feel like I should be able to sort of like learn how to be a better interviewer, interviewee and stuff like that. So I was just like, Mm -hmm. and working myself how to answer questions and stuff like that. Right. And then I was like, I think it was just a combination of both. I was like, but yeah, I mean, it's a very interesting uh, sort of journey that I'm on with this whole podcast for for sure. And obviously I've sort of gained my small followers and obviously I'm getting more now because I think, by the time this podcast airs, I think a lot of our family members will probably listen to this for sure. <laughs> I hope so. Right. But yeah, it's 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 interesting because like I've had like sort of a uh, oh, gosh, I think I'm gonna about to go real deep here, but it, you what's sure. I mean, oh gosh, okay. So I've have battled with myself about either being completely done with school and just getting a job immediately, or going one more sort of either one more trip around going to school and just getting a legit bachelor degree because once i'm done with college i get an associate degree right it and i've talked to like advisors and all those other stuff about what my future plan could be but it's like i keep debating myself do i want to take a risk and go into a school and just keep going or do i just want to go right into the fork war the workforce it's like I don't know because like a little part of me is like I don't know what else to do besides being a student. Like I just like I would be fine doing the workforce as long as I'm like like enjoying it and all the other stuff. But it's like like once you leave college, it's like shit. You're in the real world now, dude. So it's 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 very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. I remember early on, um, we talking about this a little bit and, um, I'm sure it is a question that many people around you and I would say are dealing with in their own way. Mm -hmm. Right. And so the more that you can think about it for yourself and articulate these questions and talk about them in a meaningful way, I think that's beneficial for you and the people around you. I, I suppose what I would offer right, is my lens is what is a good life? You know, how do you live a good life? And there's a life where you kind of exist, you pay taxes, you have beer, you know, you drink a six pack on Saturdays, nothing wrong with simple pleasures, right? Mm -hmm. There's also a world where you go out and do things that interest and excite you with people who you enjoy, where you find a a wonderful girl, like I found in Sydney, right? You start a family Mm -hmm. and you build a good life, right? And a question might be, how is this choice that I have at the moment? What am I doing to have a good life, right? Um, here's another one is getting an education versus being educated. Um, right. Education these days is more of a credentialing exercise and there are valuable credentials and an associate's degree and bachelor's degree, which I have, right. Um, are valuable credentials. Um, they're certainly, they can be prerequisites for certain jobs, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But there's also this concept of, well, how is what I'm learning helping me to, lead that good life that we were just talking about, you know, versus just being some sort of arbitrary goal that the world said, Hey, if you want to succeed, you need this. Right. So just a few thoughts there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'll, I'll figure it out. Future future Chan can worry about it later. Me right now. ah, (laughs) That's a future me problem. All right, Pat, I think we're going to wrap it up here with just a couple, one more question and then we'll be done. All right. Um, I have two sports trivia questions. I think these are really fun ones for you. Who was the first president to throw the center memorial first pitch at a major league baseball game? Can you name me the president? It's not, I'll give you a slight hit. It's not like in the past, like 20 years or well, yeah. So it's not, it's not gonna be like, it's not gonna be like Bush or Carter or something like that. So you have to go back a little bit back because baseball has been around for a long time. It has, it has. Uh, actually, you know, sometime I'll, if you invite me back on the podcast, um, I'll tell you, my great-granddad played uh, in the minor leagues with some of the greats. Um, uh, gosh, who was that? Uh, gosh, one of those guys that shows up in Field of Dreams. Oh, show Lose Drew Jackson? Yeah, and like some of those guys. Wow. Um, I was going to say, that could be another pie, but... Yeah, he, he, he became a scout for the Pirates, so my family, I was not a baseball player, um, but there's a deep history there. I'm going to go way back. I'm going to guess Theodore Roosevelt. Ooh, close. We were looking for, let me make sure I'm saying his name right, William Howard Taff. Oh, all right. All right. So I was, I was in the ballpark. You were sort of in the ballpark, I feel like. I don't know what number he was, but I feel like it's pretty I close. Pretty, pretty close before Roosevelt. All right. Maybe. I'm pretty sure. We'll say so. All right. This is, a, this is an interesting question. What? is the only sport to be played on the moon. This is, oh, this is actually legit. This actually happened. Well, for, I mean, we're assuming the moon landing is real. <laughs> <laughs> I, do believe the moon, I do believe the moon landing was real, but I, I'm open to other counter, counter theories on things. I, I think I have this one. 
I'm going to say golf. That is correct. It is golf. And I'll give you a little quick story about why that is. So, in 1971, Apollo 14 astronaut Alan Shepard swung his makeshift six iron on the moon surface and missed the ball. And his second swing, however, he connected with the ball and went flying miles and miles away. But obviously, in reality, the ball only traveled a few hundred yards. Not bad for a six iron. That's Shepard's fault. While the moon gravity is one sixth of the Earth's gravity, his spacesuit was you know, what more weighed him down than that's why he could barely swing it with. He had to use like one arm to swing at the golf ball. So it's a very interesting story. Yeah, it's amazing. It, it is, it is a, like mind blowing. And you just sit there and think there have been people. on the It's mean, pretty crazy. It's mind blowing. But uh, yeah, Patrick, thank you so much for joining the pod. I, I might have to bring you back, but we'll see. I'll have my people contact you. Okay, good, good. Well, I'm around. Uh, so just tell your people I'm interested, but great conversation. Uh, truly an honor. A lot of fun uh, just to chat with you. And uh, I look forward to sharing it with other folks when it comes out. All right. Thank you so much, Patrick. I'll see you later. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. I just want to say thanks to Pat for joining me on the show today on this episode. I really appreciate his time. I'm sure we'll definitely be having him on sometime. I said I told him after the interview, I was like, hey, I'll have my people to contact you and we'll see if there's another potential uh, appearance on this show. But uh, yeah, now that I have Pat, now that I've had uh, Patrick on, I think I'll be getting some more people uh, hopping on the show for sure. I got a couple people in mind that I'm going to have, but I'll keep the I'll keep that a secret between me and myself and I Uh, some interesting conversations I think I would have with the people that I would think of having an interview with. So, uh, yeah, for sure. And then, uh, the wrap up the show here, we're just going to sort of give you, uh, sort of a calendar of ideas of things I'm going to be posting here pretty soon. So Monday, I will probably have a podcast out sort of headed into the uh, conference championship weeks with all the power five, all the power five conferences. And some of the story li- more storylines headed into uh, um, uh, heading into the uh, big big dance, the NCAA tournament, all that. And uh, I'll probably do some breakdowns on YouTube with like individual conferences and stuff like that. So make sure you look out for that. And maybe I'll even post them on. Uh, maybe I'll do some podcasting episodes, some bonus episode that too. So bonus episodes with that. So make sure you just make sure just go. Go check out my Twitter page. You'll see everything. I'll try to keep an update on things like that. But like I said, I'm sort of like currently right now, I got some things I got to do. But at the same time, now that I think about it, like I really don't have anything. I just have like one project I got to do. So we'll see. I got to do some time management, which is never the case for me. I'm terrible about that stuff. But okay, I'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. But uh, yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I should talk about before wrapping up the show. I don't think so. Cause like this episode's already kind of long as it is, but it was, it was, it was, um, I don't know what I was going to go there. What I was going to say there. Yeah. Like I said, just uh, keep, I'll keep you guys posted about all the stuff that I will be potentially doing with, uh, either podcasting or putting stuff on YouTube and I will see you guys next time.